And so today we have Sean. So everyone give a warm welcome to Sean. Awesome. Ooh, coming in hot. All right. Wow. All right. Well, um, I've met some of y'all, but I haven't met all of y'all. Uh, my name is Sean. I am the chaplain for the Oregon Youth Authority. And I'm going to make the video and streamers really upset because I'm probably going to be down here a whole lot and the screen only goes right here. So sorry, AV crew. I know you told me to be up there, but that's scary. So I'm going to be down here with my people. Uh, but, um, but I will stay in here, though. All right. So being the chaplain for the Oregon Youth Authority is uh, the best thing on the planet, I think. It's really, really cool because uh, we have... Uh, youth from ages 12 to their 25th birthday who have committed terrible crimes. And I have a unique opportunity to be the presence of God in that dark place, to meet them where they're at. That's the cool thing about our God. He kind of enters our mess instead of waiting for us to uh, get out of our mess and meet him. He's kind of a beautiful thing like that. That's why in the Bible it says in Hebrews 13:3, don't forget those who are in prison. Like, it's a real thing. God shows up in places like that. So much, that's a cliche. I mean, about every month I have a youth saying, I'm not trying to be one of those, uh, you know, uh, jail converts. I'm not trying to be one of those people who came to know Jesus in jail, right? Because it does happen often. God typically meets us when we're in a really tough place. So, uh, and that's kind of the cool thing about this Christian walk. It would be nice if God promised us an easier life. It would be nice if God promised us a, a, a joy-filled life. It would be uh, great if things worked out better. But I'm sure you all can attest, and it's okay to say amen if this is you. The Christian walk's kind of hard, amen? Amen. amen. I, thank you for participating. That's what I'm talking about. So it's tough. It's really tough, especially when we're trying to do it on our own, Amen. Yeah, so today I'm going to, my hope is to bring a little bit of encouragement to us as we try to follow God as he carries our burdens, as he sees us through the path that we find ourselves going. Amen? amen. All right, I'm really priming the pump. I want you guys, feel free, say amen throughout. If something's bad, feel free to throw something at me. I'll dodge and I'll learn. But today I'm preaching from my, my current favorite book in the Bible, James. So if you want to turn to James chapter 1, we're going to be going through James chapter 1 verses 1 through 4. Not a whole lot of real estate today. I know uh, my, my partner in crime, my, one of my best friends, Scotty, he's been going through Acts and he gave me an option. He said, you can preach uh, the next bit in the book of Acts or anything you want. I, I looked at the next little bit of Acts. It's rough. I mean, it's, it's not one like a guest preacher is like, man, I really want to talk about that. Like, it's, it's a great passage. All scripture is important to read and all. But I'm going to go on my own thing. And James, that's my jam. That's my jam. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. All right. Um, yeah, to help out with our process today, I want to share with you all a Bible study method. You know what I should do as a preacher? is turn off my alarms. Well, let's take a moment, check your cell phones, make sure the alarms are off. And uh, yeah, we're all good until three o'clock. So I might need someone else to, you know, bring me in a little bit. 
So uh, Bible study methods, it's incredibly important for a Christian to know how to read the Bible for themselves. In there, you will find the Holy Spirit teaching you, empowering you, correcting you, and speaking through you. And so I'm going to share with you what's called a soap note. And each one of your guys' little pamphlet things. Do you mind if I, I borrow yours? Thank you so much. There is actually a cool little sermon notes thing that, that you all created. And it has my name at it. It makes me feel real special. Uh, but in here, take that pen on your, on your uh, uh, table and write down the S-O-A-P, just along the side. Some of you all might have heard this, and some of you all might be like, oh, I, I got my own method. But I want to encourage this one because this is a really practical Bible study method. It's a really practical meaning that the whole focus of this one is trying to figure out how does this passage apply to my life. It's real, real good. And so it goes like this. S is for scripture. This one, you read through the verses looking for something that jumps out to you. It might be a phrase. It might be a word. But being open to the Holy Spirit kind of exciting you or, or bring your attention to something. O is for uh, observation. This is when we take a step back and we, we look at the passage itself. We bring in the Bible commentaries or we, we go to YouTube and, and do the Bible project thing. This is when we're getting all the information we can, trying to answer who, what, where, when, why. Those open-ended questions. Then after we understand the scriptures so that we're not taking things out of context, we move to application. How does this affect us? And then lastly, prayer. Because the Christian walk is hard. And God has offered us strength. And so we go to him for strength as we are seeking to make changes in our life. Amen? Amen. So uh, I brought my lovely wife. Uh, her name is actually uh, unique. Uh, it is unique. U-N-I-Q-U-E. Yeah, please come up. Uh, I invited her to read the passage for us. Uh, is she okay using this mic? Perfect. And so while we do this, please read it through yourselves. It's going to be up on the screen. I'm using the ESV. Uh, it's a very good translation. NIV is great too. I'm sure whatever you're using is great. You might see some differences, but the core is still there. So as my wife reads through here, pay attention to what God is bringing to your heart. Is there a word or a phrase that jumps out? If you're taking notes, write out that phrase and write out that word. And then we'll move on to the next little bit. Yep, one through four. Good morning. So nice to be here. You're doing great, babe. Thanks, okay. <laughs> James 1, uh, starting with verse 1. James, a servant of God and of the Lord Jesus Christ, to the 12 tribes in the dispersion, greetings. Count it all joy, my brothers, when you meet trials of various kinds, for you know that the testing of your faith produces steadfastness, and let steadfastness have its full effect, that you may be perfect and complete, lacking in nothing. Amen. Perfect. Give her a hand. My goodness. She doesn't even know y'all, and she got in front of y'all. That's pretty great. <laughs> I'll take this, honey. Thank you, my love. All right. And again, just to further frustrate uh, the AV crew. Sorry, I'm moving this down here. <laughs> All right. So 
this is our scripture. It's a beautiful scripture, and it's not a whole lot. So it's going to allow us to kind of dive deep into it. By the way, I borrowed this Bible from my man over here. Did you graduate from Multnomah? Hey, I graduated from Multnomah too. Awesome. Very, very good. It's a good university. All right, so here's our passage. It's a beautiful passage. And we move from the scripture, to, you know, and we're starting to look for those words that jump out to us. For me, as I was uh, going through this passage, there's three words in particular that jumped out to me. Joy, perseverance, and perfect. Joy. Joy is... Uh, uh, a very exciting word. Sometimes we associate it with uh, being happy. And many, you know, you probably heard preachers say, it's not happy, it's different. It's, happiness is part of joy. Let's be totally honest here. You can't have joy without a little bit of happiness, right? But at the same time, happiness is definitely a little different than joy. And so I was thinking and meditating, I was like, what is the difference between joy and happiness? And so, my understanding of happiness is it's more often than not an outward in experience. Usually I'm happy when I get something. I'm happy when my wife gives me a kiss. I'm happy when I get to preach. I'm happy when uh, my friends come over and hang out with me. It's usually an outward in thing, right? And then switching over Joy is more of an inward out thing. In fact, we see in Galatians 5 that it's actually a fruit of the Spirit. If you're not familiar with the fruits of the Spirit, there's these things that naturally produce in your life as you are rooted in Christ. The list goes love, joy, peace, patience, goodness, kindness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. I usually forget one, but I think I got all of them. Let me know after the service if I missed any. But these are natural things that come out of your, your relationship with God. When you are strong with God, you are fruitful in these things. It's an inward out thing. And so we, we have this joy, this inward out thing, and then we have perseverance. Perseverance is a really cool word because it's like a tough word, and I'm a man, and I like tough words because perseverance, in my mind, I think of a fighter, a runner. I, I, I think of a warrior. I mean, we got the Olympics going on right now. We see perseverance all the time. Perseverance, I like the ESV translation uh, where, where, it, where it says perseverance. I mean, it could be translated as, as patience, but perseverance is a little different than patience in my book. Patience, I think of waiting. Perseverance is I'm going. And so I like that. I like that. Because when we talk about the Christian faith, it's not a Christian belief. It's a Christian walk. When we talk about faith, it's not a, a state of being. It's an action. So as we are going through persevering as we're following God, it is more about us moving than it is about us waiting. I'm not saying there's not a, a, a space for wait. There's definitely room for wait. But I think here he's really talking about that, that moving as we're going and following God. And then lastly, this perfect, this perfect word. Perfect uh, is something we want to distance ourselves from, right? It's like, I can never get that. I mean, how many of y'all ever had 100% on a class? Raise your hand. I mean, I, I know I haven't. Oh, I did. I just lied. Art. I had 100% in art. 
Yes! Perfection is so sweet. I did not plan on that. Yeah, go figure. But I'm trying not to lie to y'all. So I did get perfect ones. But perfection is something that's always outside of our reach. In Christian uh, lingo, we we don't usually use perfect, but we use sanctification. Big old word that basically means we are fully realized who God wants us to be. When I am sanctified, I am exactly who God wants me to be. I am living how God wants me to live. I'm talking how God wants me to talk. I'm working how God wants me to work. When I am sanctified, I am exactly who God wants me to be. That's, that sounds like paradise to me, right? Amen? Amen, amen. So when we talk about this perfection, we're talking about what God has for us, not what we are thinking we want. Because I'll be totally honest, I would like to trade some parts of my life with other people, right? I would like to go to space. There's some people that went to space on vacation recently. That seems cool. I would like to trade that part of my life, right? That would just be a little bit more perfect for me. But no, this is more about what God wants for us, that perfect thing for me, perfect thing for unique. My brother Steve and so, so many of us. It's unique to every single one of us. Sorry for using your name. Uh, (laughs) Now, we have this observation, and we have these words that jumped out to us. Now, let's spend some time and start uh, uh, going through the observation portion of this passage. So, the who, what, where, whys, the the open-ended questions. When you are an active listener, these are the, the questions you ask. If you're a terrible listener, this is how you become a better listener. Work on the who, what, when, why, where, and how. So you'll be able to mine so much cool information instead of waiting for someone else to give you space to, to talk. Amen? Let's be great listeners. That's what we need to be. But let's listen to God right now. So in here, we're trying to see who is talking. And at the very beginning, we get a glimpse. It says who? James. Everyone say James. James. All right. So James is a big deal. You'll find in some Bible commentaries and things like that, that this is pretty certainly Jesus's half-brother. See, Mary was a virgin when she had Jesus, but she was married. So that was short-lived. Amen? So there was brothers and sisters, apparently. Uh, And so James is one of these younger brothers who kind of stepped up. Now, he was a late convert. I mean, I'll tell you what, if my older brother Mark was was here and he was stepping forward saying, I'm pretty sure I'm the son of God, I would be the last person to believe him and follow him. And so my brother James here, he's kind of following suit in that one. He's a late convert, but he quickly gained influence in this time. So much that he wrote a letter and it's passed around everywhere. He's writing a letter to thousands of people, and they want to read it. He's kind of a big deal during this time. So we continue on. He says, a servant of God and of the Lord Jesus Christ specifically, I'm identifying myself by my relationship to my brother and his heavenly father. Two, the 12 tribes scattered among the nations. So we see that this is a letter because we have a two, and then we have 12 tribes scattered among the nations. So the 12 tribes is another way of saying the Jewish community because there's 12 tribes in the Jewish community, but also says uh, brothers and sisters down at verse 2. So we see he here he's writing specifically to Jewish Christians. I'm not a Jewish Christian, so why am I reading this? Because he left it really open for us. 
Now, being that it's Jewish Christians, he's making some assumptions. He's making some assumptions that, one, we know the Old Testament. He spends a lot of time in the Old Testament, specifically in this, in this, Bible, uh, in this uh, Bible book. He spends a lot of time in Proverbs. And so he's writing to people who he assumes knows a little bit about the Old Testament. So as we are going through, it's totally appropriate to think about or go through Proverbs as we're going through this passage. He's also not only, these are not only Jewish, but they're also Christians. And every single Christian in this time, the very first thing they were taught was the Sermon on the Mount. Right? The Sermon on the Mount. Jesus' greatest and really long sermon. I mean, it was a big deal. Any of you all watching The Chosen? The Chosen series on YouTube? It, please, write that down. It's so good. It's like 75% accurate. It's, it's, it's pretty good. It, it gives you a good understanding of the culture of this time and an okay understanding of the scripture. It's a good time. But The Chosen, uh, the second season is all about the development of the Sermon on the Mount. It's real good. A little, little side caveat. But yeah, YouTube, just right there. All right, so among the nations, so we have Christians who know the Old Testament. What is he saying for it? He's saying, consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, when you face trials of many kinds. Verse 2 is rough. So what he's saying here, he's saying there, is, there, there can be joy in the midst of your struggles. He does not put like a quantifier in here. He doesn't say you can have joy when you're on a beach, and struggling. Uh, you can have joy when you're with your, with your friends, with your families, and struggling. No, he says, counted all joy. So meaning there is joy available no matter the situation, no matter the moment, going back to that inward out thing. Some of us, we've been lacking joy for a little while. COVID sucks, amen? amen. Yeah, I'm pretty burnt out on it. I want to I take care of the people around me, so I do my best, wear my mask as much as I can. I got vaccinated. I'm trying to take care of my community. But shoot, dang, I really wish I could go and eat food and go to work and not have to wear a mask. I really wish I could go to church and just be able to scream as loud as I want and not have to worry about the, the safety of the people around me. I wish things were a little bit better. But you know what? Take it on the chin for now. This is the little trial we're going through. All right? Then we go on and saying, hey, you know what? COVID's one thing, but I've had problems before COVID. Yeah, the past was, was nice without COVID, but it still had its struggles. Family issues, financial issues, work issues, the list goes on. And it's okay in this moment to even take your pen and write down some of the struggles you're going through right now. I would actually encourage you to do it. Take a moment and think like, man, what are some of the trials? What are some of the struggles that I am going through right now? This will be used later on. <laughs> and then we go to uh, verse 3. Because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. And then verse 4. Let perseverance finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, lot, not lacking in anything. The ESV doesn't use perfect. Go figure. Huh. So I put a word in there. Sorry about that. But what's another word for complete? Perfect. What's another word for uh, lacking in nothing? Perfect. So please give me grace on that one. I got a little bit too excited. 
But we go from observation, seeing these things, to now thinking about the application. And so in the application, oh, sorry, uh, before we move to the application, we want to put it in our own words and provide a summary. And so this is my summary, something I can have in my back pocket and I can carry throughout my day and through my week. So whenever you're doing the soap notes, just try to make it tangible so you can even repeat it to another person in a conversation that doesn't feel like you're preaching at them. This is what I got. Don't panic. <laughs> Perseverance leads to perfection. Right? Is that not what he's saying? He's saying, hey, I know you're going through a hard time. Don't panic. Don't lose faith. God hasn't left you. But if you persevere through this time, God will bring you to perfection. God will work out sanctification in your life as you're going there. Now, I do want to put a little caveat. We will not get perfect this side of the resurrection, but we will pursue it. Amen? Amen, amen, amen. So don't panic. Persevere leads to perfection. Now, let's go to the application. How do we apply this thing? Uh, I, I came up with memorize God's word, right? So I was sitting on this, this thinking, okay, don't panic, meaning in the midst of, you know, confusing times, in the midst of being exhausted while I'm frustrated and confused, while I'm angry or sad, don't panic. Perseverance produces perfection. All right? So how, what can help me in the perseverance? And I want us to go back to that Bible verse. Sorry, my man. I'm, I'm, I'm frustrating the guys on that side, and I'm frustrating them. So go back to our Bible verse. There's, there's a little, little bit. Verse 2, it says, Work so that you may be mature. So that is really important as I was sitting down and thinking about an application. So that is typically a promise. If I was to borrow $50 from you and I said, hey, can I have $50 so that I can go get some food for me and my wife? I'm promising you that I'm going to use that $50 for the food and not to go see a movie. Amen? We use so that as a promise. And so, going back to the application, I was convicted to go back to el elementary school Bible classes, Bible studies, and go back to that, that pattern, that habit of Bible memorization. And to be really particular, look for the so that's. Look for the promises that God has given us. So that they are in your back pocket. So that when you're going through hard times, the Holy Spirit brings it up and saying, oh, perseverance produces perfection. Oh, yeah. Or when you're hungry or finances are not right, you remember the Sermon on the Mount. Oh, man, flowers and birds are taken care of by God. And I'm much more loved than God than those things. And so I don't have to worry going throughout the Bible, just finding those, those promises that will help remind us of what God is going to give us. Why are promises so important? Let me tell you why, all right? So, fictional scenario. 
I have never been chased by a dog before. Never been chased by a ravenous dog. No, cougar. Uh, I have been chased by a dog. By a cougar ever, right? Never in my life. But if I'm jogging, and I'm jogging just for health, I'm jogging on a good day, eight-minute mile. I'm looking pretty good. But if there's a cougar behind me, I'm, I'm jogging really fast. Because that, that cougar is promising me it's going to jack me up. It's going gonna, it's gonna, it's gonna to flip my biscuits. It's going to be rough, right? We move so much faster, so much harder. We are so much more effective when we have the promises of God in our back pocket. When we go through fights with our spouse, and it's that rough little bit, you're thinking, is it worth it? And you have a promise from God saying, I brought you together and I will see you through this. That I will make your marriage more perfect if you persevere. I would like to think that our churches would have a much different divorce rate than they currently have. Amen? Oh, man, if you can imagine a church that had these promises in their back pocket ready to go at any moment. They would be the ones that are in that meeting having an opportunity to lie, cheat, to get ahead, stepping back and saying, my treasure isn't in this world. They'd be the ones functioning with integrity so that everyone around them is elevated and not just them. Oh, man, I just, I, I wish I did this more. Because for me, I rely on my plans more than God's promises, Amen. Shoot, I scheme. My poor wife, I'm a, verbal, I'm a verbal processor too. Anyone married to a verbal processor? How about a verbal processor as a brother or sister or a neighbor? My goodness, it's exhausting. I love you, honey, and I recognize the work that you put in. And so it's a thing. And man, I will repeat the same plan, slightly different, 50 times. And my wife is just like, okay, what does this mean? Is this a commitment or are we just talking right now? I'm like, I don't know. It could be both. But I, I tend to get things wrong in my plans. Things don't go my way. Just this last year, I had a lot of plans and they were all dashed aside because I prayed a really silly prayer. God, is this what you want me to do? He made it really clear, no, and it hurt. Still recovering. We went to Cannon Beach just so I can recover a little bit more. It was rainy. It was terrible, <laughs> but it was so beautiful. <laughs> but this is what God has been telling me in the midst of my current struggle. And what I want to I invite you all to join me in is memorizing these promises. Because there really is power in these promises. Memorize this promise in this passage. I will be made perfect through perseverance. Don't rely on your own understanding. Don't put your plans first. Don't let your gut decide what, what, what's right and what's wrong. Memorize, repeat, go in there. I mean, shoot, Christians, we have a really great book. Have you guys ever read The Purpose Driven Life? Uh, yeah, yeah, it's pretty good. A big part of that is this whole memorization thing. And what is purpose but confidence in a promise saying God made me with a purpose so I can pursue it patiently. Whew, I, my P game is on point. 
Oh, man. So after the application, we go to the prayer. And I want to invite my, my worship team up, if you don't mind. And sometimes we gloss over it. But this, all that we've done so far is to prepare ourselves for this prayer. That's all we did. We, we looked at the scriptures to understand God's will, how God functioned 2,000 years ago, get some wisdom, get some understanding. We, we looked at, we observed everything going in, trying to figure out what it meant for them and what it means for us, and then how does it apply? All of it is preparing us for this prayer. And so what I'm going to do is I want to invite my the awesome worship team to, you know, play something soft and everything, because we're going to take a moment, and I want you to take a, you know, that little piece of paper that you wrote down a struggle you're going through, and then maybe you didn't. Maybe you're one of those, like, I didn't come here to write. Uh, I want you to do that now. I'm challenging you to do that right now. Write out what's causing you pain. Write out the struggle that you're going through. Write out that one thing that is frustrating the tar out of you. I could preach all day about mine. So I know it's not hard for you all. So write down two, one, three, how many of you, whatever you got. And I want you to spend time with God. And I want you to pray through this promise. That if I persevere, follow Christ, he has promised me perfection. I want you to spend some time in, in silence on your own, praying about those specific issues in your life. I want you to allow the Holy Spirit to, to uh, 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 respond to you in this prayer as you are praying through this passage that's focused on persevering. And then after a moment, I'm going to close your prayer with my own prayer. And I think we got a, a song or two. It'll be good for us to celebrate the powerful and mighty God we have. Amen. All right, bow your heads with me, please. recognize that you are trustworthy and when you make a promise you see it through so much that you even go to the cross to make sure it's fulfilled but God sometimes your answers take a long time my heart goes out to uh, uh, your, your people before uh, during the times of Moses and Abraham those people who uh, you know, uh, after the prophets who knew that change was coming but didn't know when it would happen. How tired they must have been. How confused they must have been. 
My mind goes to my brothers and sisters in this room as they struggle in many different ways. Some of those struggles we share in, from COVID to finances, to worries about the world. And God, it has caused us to stumble in some ways. It's caused us to uh, rely too much on our plans, abandon your, your ways and go towards some of the, the me first mentality that our society is built off of. But God, we ask that you would help us be different. That you would remind us of your promises. Remind us that you promised to never leave us nor forsake us. God, you promised us that if we mourn, you will comfort us. God, you promised that you will be with us until the end of the age. God, you promised in this passage that there is a purpose for our pain, God. God, we pray that in those moments that we want to give up, that you would remind us of your promises, that you would uh, strengthen us with certainty that the work we're putting in is not fruitless. Every time we are let down, that we would be reminded that you work all things together for our good and your glory. Meaning when I fail to uh, witness to my neighbor and I fall on my face because it went really, really bad, but I tried and I plant a seed and I'm confident that you will plant it and you will, will grow it, God. It means when I'm going through a tough time at work, that even if my boss isn't hearing me, even if, if my, my coworkers aren't hearing me, God, you hear me. God, you have promised that you will always be our champion. That justice is yours. And so when we are betrayed, when we are, are uh, uh, being taken advantage of, God, that we don't have to worry like the world worries, but we are certain that justice, justice is yours. So we can relax and we can forgive and we can move on. God, I pray by your Holy Spirit that you be with this congregation this week and this month. Bless them in every way. And we pray these things in full confidence that you're always with us and for us, and it's in your name we pray. Amen.